Welcome to The Innovative Executive, the show that helps you make innovation a priority in your business. Innovation strategy consultant Bella Rushi helps you rethink your business model, embrace collaboration, and leverage technology. If you want to drive innovation and bring new growth to your business, then stay tuned as she meets industry experts who share practical experience to help you unlock your innovation potential. And now, here's Bella Rushi. In today's episode, I share chapter six from my book, When You're Not Innovating Enough and What to Do About It. The chapter discusses the following how bigger goals can create a culture that's dynamic and full of energy. Innovations are natural outgrowth of experimentation and iteration. Focusing on radical innovation enables companies to stay ahead of competitors by anticipating what customers will want next. Innovation is not only a matter of survival, but also necessary for sustainable growth. And now, here's Chapter 6 from my audiobook. Innovation and Collaboration Chapter 6 When you're not innovating enough and what to do about it. I believe in innovation and that the way you get innovation is you fund research and you learn the basic facts. Bill Gates What does the word innovation mean to you? When they hear the word, most people think of new kinds of products and services, sudden disruptive changes to the status quo. But there are other ways to think about innovation, and there are more productive, sustainable ways to innovate. Every 10 years, PricewaterhouseCoopers, PwC, publishes their Global Innovation 1000 study in which they look at a thousand companies to examine how well they innovate compared to the money they spend on R&D over a 15-year period. PwC's most recent study from 2018 found that high-leverage innovators, companies that outperformed others in their industry despite spending less money on R&D, had six factors in common. Number one, They closely align innovation strategy with business strategy. Number two, they create company-wide cultural support for innovation. Number three, their top leadership is highly involved with the innovation program. Four, they base innovation on direct insights from end users. Number five, they rigorously control project selection early in the innovation process. Number six, they excel at each of these first five characteristics and have been able to integrate them to create unique customer experiences that can transform their markets. PwC's contention is that when you build these six capabilities, you have sustainable financial performance in good times and in bad times. It's not about how much money you spend, rather, it's about aligning your strategy culture and capabilities, and developing a deep understanding of your customer in order to build innovation strategies. In light of this, we should not be asking ourselves whether we should prioritize or invest in innovation. Innovation should not only be a priority for survival, but also for creating new sustainable growth. 
How to Fail at Innovation. Remember Circuit City? If you're under the age of 25 or so, you probably don't. They filed for bankruptcy in 2008 and went out of business in 2009. They didn't evolve to meet their customers' changing needs, and they lacked market and customer behavior insights. Of course, no 21st century conversation about failure to innovate can fail to mention Blockbuster, which was unable or unwilling to transition to a digital model, even in the face of the clear threat of Netflix's business model. Like Circuit City, Blockbuster failed to evolve along with the changing market and adapt to the changing behaviors of its customers. In fact, Blockbuster actually offered to acquire Circuit City in April 2008, only to reverse course a few months later. With the benefit of hindsight, it's hard not to laugh at the optimism of this move. I won't dwell on this. Today's business literature is rife with stories about companies that failed to innovate and evolve when the times demanded it, and Blockbuster is now a well-worn punching bag in those conversations. It's more interesting to look at companies that actually do innovate and why those innovations sometimes fail. No one would confuse Amazon with Blockbuster or Circuit City, but not everything Jeff Bezos touches turns to gold. As Exhibit A, in support of that statement, I give you the Amazon Fire Phone. The Fire Phone failed because Amazon over-engineered the product. The hardware had too many features. For example, five camera lenses positioned around the device for a dynamic perspective that was supposed to simulate 3D imaging. And the operating system was poorly designed. Tech writer David Marin called it a stiffer version of Android without the Google suite of apps or the Play Store. Worst of all, the product was too expensive. Amazon was so determined to become a beloved lifestyle brand like Apple and to compete with Apple on those terms that, paradoxically, they actually managed to recklessly rush an overdeveloped product into the market. Apple achieved their position by painstaking, iterative, incremental innovation and by building public trust in their brand over decades. When Amazon tried to leapfrog over that process, they fell flat on their face. They had to withdraw the Fire Phone from the market only a year after it was launched, and they haven't tried to make anything like it since then. Porsche, the power of innovation. In contrast to Amazon, let's look at a company that successfully tried something new. Let's look at the Cayenne, Porsche's version of an SUV. If Porsche had tried to sell an SUV in the 1980s, they probably would have been laughed out of the market. Even today, we primarily associate the Porsche name with high-performance sports cars. That's their brand. That's what they're known for. They are not known for family sedans or for the kinds of cars suburban moms use to drive their kids to soccer practice. So before they tried to enter a new market, the company collected lots of consumer data. I mean, tons of it, for many years. They took surveys. They held car clinics where they showed people samples of what a different kind of Porsche could look like. They invested a lot of time and resources in lengthy ideation and development phases that ultimately produced the Panamera, a four-door family sedan. 
The Panamera was a success, but it was only a stepping stone. Porsche continued to collect insights from consumers, looking into everything from whether they wanted a larger cup holder to whether an SUV should have extra room in the trunk. Any SUV they built had to have Porsche DNA, the sleek look, the engine design, and so on. At the same time, they had to keep brand considerations in mind. They had to address consumer concerns about Porsche building an SUV in the first place. A significant part of their audience didn't even want them to make the SUV because they thought it wouldn't be right, that it wouldn't align with who they are. Porsche management used their car clinics to try to convert that segment of the market, getting consumers feedback and planting seeds in their minds. What if? The Cayenne was launched in 2002, and today it is the best-selling vehicle in Porsche's portfolio. This success was no accident. Porsche did everything right. They were patient. They collected data. They iterated. They tested their ideas, and then they brought the product to market. And today, they are no longer just a sports car company. By collecting practical insights, they were able to create a new market demand that their company could address. The takeaway is that companies that do well and maintain stability, even during turbulent times, are the ones that focus on radical innovation with a long-term vision. Magnus Pinker and Dr. S.B. Coe demonstrated in a 2018 publication that radical innovators also are stronger in incremental innovation. That is, they are better at both improving existing concepts and developing new ones. The radical component strengthens both. Focusing on radical innovations enables companies to stay ahead of competitors by anticipating what customers will want next. When you're uncertain how you should proceed with a new project or how you should target audiences going forward, collecting insights from close observations of how your product is used helps point you in the right direction. Culture and Capability Incremental innovation is a continuous process and it requires discipline and clear focus. It needs to be supported by an aligned culture that has an innovative mindset and by capabilities that differentiate the company from its competitors. Culture is important. If your organizational culture is focused on profit and product first, then you're in big trouble. If your culture is not consumer-driven and your leaders are not equipped with the necessary end-user insights to drive market growth, then you're cooking with a recipe for failure. Because Blockbuster and Circuit City were monomaniacally focused on their products and their profits, they didn't understand what their customers wanted or that consumer desires were evolving. If your culture is focused on customers first, as Porsche's culture is, then it can drive incremental innovation and growth for your company. The cultural challenges that we see in our work vary from company to company, but a common thread is that the people within a company's culture don't know the company's purpose and can't identify its value proposition. The leaders of these companies don't communicate purpose clearly enough. And more importantly, it's not reinforced. Their communications lack conviction. 
Another challenge we see is that strategy and execution are not disciplined. So leaders end up launching ad hoc initiatives based on very little data. Speaking to a journalist about his mentor, Audrey McLean, Netflix CEO Reed Hastings said, From her, I learned the value of focus. I learned it is better to do one product well than two products in a mediocre way. In order to grow and innovate, companies have to be laser-focused. They have to align their capabilities, and there has to be harmony between their strategy and execution. It's a domino effect. The benefit of having a clear vision and value proposition is that your decisions will be clear in turn, and then your strategy will be crystal clear. That clear strategy increases your success rate and reduces your R&D cost because you're not fishing around and grabbing at ideas that don't align with who you are or what your capabilities are. More on capabilities in a moment. Your resources are then directed toward whichever initiatives promise the highest return. Now let's define the word capability. Capability is a combination of processes, tools, knowledge, and skills that differentiates a company in the market. For example, a company's ability to use claim-based marketing for a pediatric skincare product or they may have a lean and flexible manufacturing process, or the sales team may have a fantastic relationship with its key customers. A capability could even be something as simple as a highly efficient inventory system. This is Walmart's key differentiator, and it is a very strong capability for them. When strong capabilities come together, they make you flexible and enable you to adapt quickly in your markets, which gives you a game-day competitive advantage. Your capabilities are the core strengths of your company, and it is important to preserve them. I hope you enjoyed this excerpt from my book. To read more on this topic, grab a copy of my book at any retail or online bookstore. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Innovative Executive with Bella Rushi, founder of Symmetry Consulting, a firm that specializes in helping companies embed innovation into their company. If you liked this episode, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Also, make sure to check out Bella's book, The Innovative Executive, leading intelligently in the age of disruption. Join us for the next episode to further unlock your innovation potential. 